Welcome to the grant, the EU funding podcast. My name is Nils Tudor-Winter and I am the creator, editor and host of the grant, the EU funding podcast. Over spring and summer, I had a handful of guests coming through to get some more diverse content than just the timeline series. In particular, I reached out to the people that I have attached as advisory board members to get engaged with them through talks about what lies close to their hearts when it comes to EU R&D funding. Marie Latour is the Secretary General of the European Association of Innovation Consultants, and she was on my shortlist long before this podcast got real. That is because she has an immense amount of experience from the Brussels funding ecosystem and therefore has in-depth knowledge about how a lot of things work in the EU institutions and the whole system that gives input to the work program content. On top of that, she's also an experienced private consultant. She asked for us to have a talk about the European R&D partnerships. And so it was. A vast proportion of the Horizon Europe budget has been allocated to the partnerships and it is therefore a good piece of advice to pay attention to this episode. Marie rolls out the role that the European R&D partnerships play in the framework of Horizon Europe and we have a talk about their importance and give directions to stakeholders who are thinking of applying for funding from these partnerships. Please enjoy. Welcome to the 16th episode of the uh, the grant the EU funding podcast. Today I I have a guest, another a guest from my my uh, the grant advisory board and maybe already now uh, Marie introduce yourself shall you? Hello hi Nils. Thanks for hi. the invitation. I'm Marie Latour. I'm uh, well, I'm a consultant today, I'm, uh, and I'm the Secretary General of the European Association of Innovation Consultants. Uh, I've been 20 years in Brussels, uh, been involved in EU projects for, for these last 20 years. And the last uh, seven years, I used to work for an innovation consultant, so we created uh, this association. Uh, do you want me to tell a bit more now? Nah, we just let's wait a little bit with that. Thanks for this short introduction. So, so for the listeners, Marie has been on my shortlist when I started building up this initiative. I I had uh, so the uh, the what I called my advisory board, which is just to keep in the lingo of proposals. It's more friends of the house, so to say, that will that I like to attach with with specific capacities on that I'm not so strong in myself but uh, but that can help me with with knowledge about uh, some things that i dig into marie was on the list and marie you were that because um it's exactly because you are the secretary general of of the consultants association uh, i kept an eye on that uh, and i think it's an important important initiative because you have all these associations uh, industry associations uh, that go way back, you know, it's it's a huge, broad variety in Brussels, but the consultants themselves, uh, 
grants consultants, they didn't have one. So I was uh, I was aware of it when you made, started to make in the early days of the initiative. I had a left eye on it. And when I when I reached to 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 the decision of doing what I'm doing uh, here on this spare time initiative, uh, I thought definitely, definitely, I would like to have have Marie Latour on board. So I'm very happy that you that you have agreed to to uh, to join me once in a while. This so thanks. Thanks to you. Great. <laughs> now to just uh, just shortly, maybe we. I'm just going to say a few words what what the listeners can expect from this from this episode. So what we we will have a short talk about the association because I think it's important to share to share what what you do there. You'll also have a little bit longer presentation about yourself, uh, your experience, and so on. We'll start with that, and then we will move into uh, the European partnerships of research and oh, let me. I, I always forget the 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 correct. How you label them? They're called what? They're called the, yeah, the research and innovation partnerships. We'll get the, this is the 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 main element of this episode, the main theme, because they are an important part of of the of the research and innovation and development uh, framework program, so to say, of what you can where you can apply for funding, but they're complex. It's a complex sort of. It's 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 difficult as a. As an outsider, especially if you're new to this, to understand what they are and uh, what role they play, and 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 how you how the funding f- functions from these. So, so that's 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 something that you have written an article about, and you have specific knowledge of it. So we will dig a little bit into that. That's important. So that's that's the episode of today. So. Without further ado, Marie, maybe you put a little bit more words about your uh, on your um, on your experience on within the, the the consultancy world, but also within because you have a long experience. Eh? You've been uh, many many years of experience in Brussels in the Brussels ecosystem. So maybe you you put a put a little bit of words on that. Sure. Well, thanks. Uh, the association first, uh, we, we were created in, as an initiative, informal initiative from a few consultants at the start with, at the initiative of the French Association of Innovation Consultants and few other non-French consultants. We gathered in uh, September 2019 with, in, uh, in parallel to the Research and Innovation Days. Uh, we decided to, to start cooperating together on one side to promote the role of consultants uh, as professional project manager. We also worked on ensuring a continuity for the EIC accelerator that had been uh, um, um, in the pilot phase in H2020. Mm-hmm. Then we continued talking. We liked the, the cooperation. Uh, it was the first time that really consultants we're starting to talk together in an organized way. We yeah. we set up a, a code of conduct. So our aim was also to ensure that there are more um, ethics in this sector. We suffer sometimes from a, a bad image due to the behavior of few consultants. Yeah. And uh, while we are a very important um, partner for the industry in particular, they have difficulties to understand uh, the funding, uh, ex- existing funding that have, that need support in their innovation process, that uh, need support on, on writing, 
in setting up the process. So we are facilitating a process and we bring an expertise that they can hardly uh, internalize in their organization. And so we are trying to promote a positive image of innovation. Uh, consultants. Today we have 50 company members, two plus two associations, uh, two national associations. Altogether, uh, it's about 5,400 professional consultants behind these these companies uh, that we, we represent and that work on many different instruments at regional, national, EU level, there some are uh, presents uh, on a global scale. They, they, they are, our members are companies, so at the moment we don't have uh, freelance. Um, many members do have freelance uh, to function and, mm. and be, and be uh, flexible. And we work on many different topics with them. Uh, so we, we, re- we review uh, some instruments where there are issues, difficulties, we, where our clients are facing pro, pro, uh, difficulties like EIC Accelerator, which is still in a defini- de- definition phase, I would say. Mm-hmm. Um, we, are, we are working on the Innovation Fund, also, where it's an instrument that has triggered a lot of interest, but is posing some difficulties, um, we are sharing best practices, for instance, on on management of projects, or on how to handle the template of Horizon Europe, and then we do various types of workshops on new funding instruments, like the, for instance, the interregional. Uh, innovation investment to new uh, funding instruments from um, the. Um, Regional Development Fund. Mm-hmm. Um, these are some just some examples of uh, collaboration among uh, our members. Uh, we gather very regularly on a monthly basis. We have a members meeting where we share um, and, and inform the members of the activities in the various working groups or the some news from the EU level. And we have also been able to meet for the first time in person last time in, in uh, that was in November and we are repeating that in, in June for our AGM. So that's the occasion to have the community for the first time gathering in person as uh, uh, collaborators um, and to see where to work together in the same direction to, to promote our, the image of our Uh, profession and and promote um, what we do yeah Uh, one of the reasons why i i i noticed it and kept the left eye on it is because i think it's important first of all i'm i'm not a i've been a private consultant uh quarter of my career so to say one fourth uh, of my career i've been sitting on the public side of the table uh, throughout the rest of my career, but so I sort of have both sides, but I always, I was always uh, concerned about how how the 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 outside world view private consultants within this, in this area because there's a particular difference between how people view management consultants, tax consultants, and so on, and how they view grants consultants. It's it's the 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 renommé the 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 reputation the image yeah, yeah the reputation of the sector is it's it's for some reason it is not very favorable you often run into a very 
critical approach to the amount of money that we charge for the work we do vis-a-vis what other consultancy areas charge for what they do and are willing to pay for the work. And that I was always, but that's, that's, you know, like I was, <laughs> it provoked me. Why, why on earth do I have to justify so much with so much professionalism that is being put into it, the, the, the work that I do, you know, it's, it's uh, the willingness to pay for it. It's, 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 um, yeah, it, it, it has put a spark in me. Say that that's 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 not fair. You know, <laughs> someone needs to speak the cause of what we do because there's so much there's so much. I've met some of the most strong capacities within the consultancy world uh, within my whole my career. You're like so strong people, and yet they have to sit and negotiate over pity euros compared to other consultants for what they do so so that i'm very happy that that there is an association that try to to push for for the for the image of the sector because it's important thanks um so that's that second it's also important in relation to the content yeah because we have so much knowledge in the sector about what happens in in brussels what happens in the in the r d world in the world that uh, that is trying to get those funding so it's important that we give that input structured to the commission so kudos it's it was uh, uh, just a little a little promotion speak also on your part so to say so just support very supportive for what you do so i'm i'm happy that that's happening thank you very much uh, nils actually yeah. i think some some agencies some innovation agencies uh, national innovation agencies recognize that role when they have programs to to help to to fund our work to help their national actors to uh, fund what uh, consultants do. So uh, I think your um, uh, perspective is shared with, by a number of actors that recognize the, the role of, of consultants. Yeah, let's uh, let me just check the rundown here. So, so that's a. Uh, have you have you had any successes yet with the association? Is there something where you can see that it's already making a difference towards the commission? Or... Oh yes, I think uh, we've particularly been very strong on the EIC accelerator. Uh, in particular, we we represent altogether forty percent of projects funded on the EIC accelerator. Uh, so it's very significant, and we've re- been able to provide some feedback, for instance, on the evaluation process at some point. Today we are uh, trying to express the concerns from uh, the, the selected um, grantees, also for the blending, uh, the blending instruments. There is a very long delay in providing um, uh, equity to those projects that were uh, selected, and mm-hmm. it's really posing a very it's it, it's a very, very big challenge for some startups that cannot wait too long to get yeah. the what the commission promised. So here we are pushing very much. We've got we've got the support from some very important uh, member of parliament like Christian Eller, who is uh, really pushing the same direction because. Uh, there is a difference between what the Commission proposed and what is being de- delivered due to some internal discussion inside the Commission, not not the will of the EIC uh, team, but much more from the DG budget uh, side mm-hmm. that is um, posing some difficulties. So we are saying the, the, the private sector startups uh, cannot 
wait uh, for too long and the difficulties linked to the uh, internal functioning of the commission and decision making is not adapted to to that world so if mm-hmm. we want to deliver what we promised um you have to act fast uh so on the accelerator, accelerator we had we've had some 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 successes uh in the past and we're still pushing very much uh on this um uh, in particular excellent I'm happy to see it, and I'm happy to see that you have uh, that you get, keep gaining members uh, because that's of course the basis of of being able to uh, strong member base to 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 keep uh, and you know, like improve the work that you do. Now, let's um, let's uh, move on to to the theme of this episode. We will have a talk about the research and innovation network so all of you out there uh, as you probably picked up from my other guest episodes with the other with some of the other advisory board members what i try to do is to ask my my dear my dear contacts that i invite on board here what they would like to have a talk about in the initial phase because that's you know, like the motivation it's also something that they do out of their spare time thank you so much marie so so uh, and marie specifically said this is something that i that i have at my heart the research and innovation partnerships and that would be nice to have an episode on that so that's what we did so we agreed on that and the honest the honest reply or the honest reflection from my part for all of you out there i'm going to share my <laughs> My misunderstanding was that I thought I thought Marie would like to talk about how to construct a consortium. That's not the case. It is the research and innovation partnerships, which are a structure that is sort of alternative to the. It's part of the horizon, uh, the framework programs, but they are other sort of structured in a different way who is putting the money into them and in a different way on how to they do their own calls and 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 they have the sometimes their own divergent rules on how to apply and so on but this so this is what we're going to dig into now they have a long history and without further ado marie maybe you can start with the historical background uh because they do go 20 years back sure uh indeed well the partnership are actually very important for developing some uh, uh, consortium. That's why I, I always insist that it's important to know them. So why they were created in 2000 was the time of the Lisbon Agenda. The Commission uh, wanted to have a better understanding of uh, needs from the industry and, uh, and have a a strong uh, improved research area. So that's when they created the European Research Area and they created a first type of partnership called ERA that we have known until uh, end of age 2020. Uh, so that was back in 2000. That was the time of the FP6, Framework Program 6, 2000-2006. At the same time, they actually also created uh, the European Technology Platforms, which is not considered as a partnership in the same sense as Horizon partnerships are today, but were a very important um, um, place to gather actors 
from research and uh, industry together to discuss about tech technology priorities. I was involved back at that time in the creation of, of one of them. The main function of the technology platforms was for the in for commission to get closer to the industry, so say so to get them involved and to give input to the 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 the, the work programs. So. Yes, and in an organized way, instead of having exactly. companies research lobbying separately, they wanted to have a, a recognized uh, platforms uh, framework where all the key actors European actors from the industry and research would come together and, and agree uh, yeah. where research and innovation uh, should go, where funds should be uh, targeted. Yeah. Then we move to uh, FT7, 2007. There is a second generation of uh, European Research Area Partnership, ERA uh, Plus, that are created. So you have ERA in many different sectors. You have solar ERA, wind ERA, and, and so on. And uh, there was, at the same time, the need to create other type of partnerships, The what was called institutionalized partnerships, such as the Clean Sky, CESAR, and um, um, many other partnerships. These uh, uh, partnerships were independent, became independent structures through which not only research innovation priorities were defined, but uh, calls, work programs were prepared, the calls were launched, evaluation was taking place, and also the industry was requested to provide some funding as it would benefit from the results of the research. So this became uh, independent, semi-independent uh, structures yeah. in working in parallel to uh, FP7. Exactly. And they had their, so what they did was they, it was kind of, an, they got their own organization mm -hmm. with their own board, uh, with their own, that would define the work programs um, and their own budget. So they got, they got the money, f half of it or something like this from the commission, from the frame program, and then the industry would pay the rest. No, wasn't it like this? Exactly. And then, then they would also make their own deadlines and so on. So, so sort of, and they got some flexibility also on the rules of, 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 of the, how the application should look like, so to say, you know? Yes, they tried to stay aligned with the way uh, FP7 or further uh, later H2020, but they had more independence. Uh, but yeah. in the in the governance, the commission would be involved um, together with the industry. Then we move to H2020, 2014-2007. You have uh, ERANET. Then you have uh, the different types of institutionalized partnerships. You start to have. You also have GPIs. Uh, so you have a mix of partnerships of all sorts. You have also the co. It's not called co-programs. Was another. Uh, it was CPPP co-public-private uh, partnerships, yeah. uh, like in the green vehicle, uh, for instance. Uh, uh, there are so many of them. Altogether, I estimate, uh, we estimate that there are over 200 types of research innovation partnerships in the 
previous framework uh, program. Mm -hmm. The Commission and member states started to, to realize that it became too complex, mm -hmm. uh, was impossible to have a full of, very difficult to have a full overview of all partnerships. So if from the institution it was difficult, imagine from industry side how <laughs> to understand the whole array. Exactly. That this is something, uh, and, and the rules had, were very different from a, a, a partnership to another, even if there were some strengths from a, st a type to another. Mm. And so there was a big work of rationalization that happened during H2020, so that in Horizon Europe, you have three main types of partnerships. Yeah. The co-programmed, the co-fund, and the institutionalized partnerships. Before you continue, just for the just for the listeners, just if you zoom a little bit uh, out, uh, why is the commission doing this? Why did it become so complex? The whole rationale, the whole reasoning for this is to engage, get engaged, because that's the commission is very concerned about getting closer to the communities that are taking advantage of the money. They don't want to spend taxpayers' money and waste them, so to say. So they, the commission, always try to say how do we spend the money best? And best is if we engage the communities be it the public authorities or the industry and so on uh, for them to have the hand on the on the heating plate also to, to for the money to be spent the best way so they define themselves how is the how is the money best spent within what we want to do here that's yeah. that's the reasoning behind this and the reason why it then goes into a big bouquet of flowers uh, as Marie has just explained is because then it's a, ah, let's go down this way because it's good <laughs> and then sometimes it, it becomes an administrative monster that the commission sometimes has a little bit difficult to 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 control but the good thing about the commission is that they 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 themselves are aware of the feedback they get and then they say okay let's Let's reform the system. They also do this with the framework programs, with the rules and regulations. So, so. No, that was just for, for people to understand why things move in this, what the idea from the commission is. So, yeah, mm -hmm. good. Now, uh, yeah, so <laughs> on, to, on to how it looks. Thanks for this nice transition. Yeah. Well, from a volume perspective, just to get uh, uh, an idea, when you look at Horizon Europe now for the next seven years, uh, half of the budget is going to Pillar 2, which are the societal challenges um, pillar. Which is how mainly, much is it? I forgot. How yeah, much is the figure? It's uh, over 50 billion euros. Yeah, and half of this, that. Pillar 2, is going to partnerships. So it's very important to be aware of partnerships. It's a massive amount. It's nearly 25 billion going to, to the different partnerships. Uh, I didn't know it was. And most of them are under Pillar 2. And I'm yep. going to, to come to, to more uh, details on that. So to, to come back to the types of partnerships, so you have the co-programmed one. It it is uh, I would say probably the simplest uh, type of partnership. Um, you have it's a public-private type of partnership that involves industry, research, European Commission, uh, and member states more and more if possible. You have uh, eleven, particularly in cluster four of Horizon um, uh, Europe cluster. For is digital industry and space, uh, and you have um, some that are uh, sorry, 11 in cluster 4 and cluster 5. Cluster 5 is energy, transport, uh, and climate. Mm -hmm. 
Then you have uh, some which uh, one which are cross pillars uh, um, as well. So the co-program, what are they? They are a place where you have these actors coming together, and the role is to help the Commission in knowing where uh, to put priorities for their future work programs. So the industry and research propose uh, concrete topics to the Commission for preparing their first draft. So they are really at the start of the process for uh, defining the future research and innovation uh, topics. So in the topics that you find in the work programs, for instance, in cluster four or five, mm -hmm. you will find a text that has been initially created by a partnership in the areas where there are partnerships and yeah. it's always today they always refer to the corresponding partnership in the text of each uh, call in the yeah. topic you see this is linked to made for uh, made in europe uh, partnership or this is this is uh, linked to uh, the batteries uh, partnership etc is this for instance spire the spy program uh, it used to be called Spire. Uh, now it's called uh, the Processes for Planet. It's okay. the new name of Spire. Basically. So they it's the have evolution. Their, so they have a place in the work programs under the specific where they sort of have their calls. You can see them exactly. lined up. Processes for Planet will be in the cluster four of uh, the, yeah, the, 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 the Horizon Europe um, yeah. work programs. Um, this is for the the the, the co-program partnership. The second one uh, is called. So, so just uh, just to take a, uh, take a hold a little bit here, because so these these calls that are co-program, they run by the same rules as as the other Horizon Europe uh, exactly. calls, right? They yeah. are standard yeah. calls. They are part yeah. of yeah. Um, of the program. They are just defined by these structures as initially proposed by these structures. Then it goes through the commission that prepare the full draft, the first draft that goes to the member states that review in the program committee. Uh, they get inputs from their national uh, actors as well uh, that feed the process for defining the work program. Mm -hmm. So it's the what we call in French the moulinet of the work program definition. And yeah. you end up with a text sometimes that is not easy to understand because it's been through so many uh, steps, but uh, when there is a, a, a co-program partnerships, most of the time, the so the text of the calls are generally initiated by uh, the actors active in in that partnership. So it's very important to be to know this partnership and potentially to position yourself in this type of partnership when you want. Uh, to influence the future uh, topics. Sure. But we'll how come back works, to that maybe how, how it works is that if I, because I have been involved in some of them uh, throughout my career, uh, PNO, my former employer, was mm -hmm. uh, involved in, in shaping Spire uh, mm -hmm. when it was uh, started off, off in the first place. Uh, they, we've designed it, you know, they, it was a, a tender to make mm -hmm. it, so to say, and we won it. Uh, that was before my days. But so we had a huge stake in it, which also means that we were members and I was joining the meeting. So how it works is that, that it runs like an independent organization, so to say, that uh, that has a member base. 
uh, and they run a, a whole structure of, of delivering input to the commission on 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 the on the on the framework program input to work programs but they also have behind behind those things lies a a, a, a more longer plan on what they need to do where they take input from members so you have if you're a member of these co-programmed organizations you haven't uh, you have a uh, possibility to to uh, to influence uh, together with the rest of the members of course what is will be in the uh, so so you actually there's a member there's a you can have a direct influence on what will be part of uh, the funding that you can apply for in the, in the end yeah. Altogether, the co-program partnerships represent 8 billion from Horizon Europe. So 8 of the 25 billion are for the co-program partnerships. So then you have the second type, which is the co-fund. Many people know it for some of them were the ERAs, the European Research Areas uh, Networks, let's say. They were already co-fund. So now it's called purely co-fund. And so it's partnerships that involve mainly EU countries. And so you have research funders, other public authorities, and the commission is co-funding it because it's launching calls that will help to run the co-fund and uh, co-fund the project. So um, today they are in the starting phase. So to be seen how they will uh, they will work. There's been a clustering of, uh, uh, work in uh, the restructuring of partnerships for instance in the energy sector just to take an example of a sector that i know uh, best uh, they've been clustering all the era nets that were called um, um, that were previous co-fund under h2020 and they have clustered under one uh, single uh, co-fund i'm trying to find the name now it's the clean energy transition partnerships, so it's a co-fund. Here, member states are going to uh, decide to put some budgets. The, the funding rate might differ from a country to another. In the past, the deadline was sometimes different from a country to another. It depended a lot from an ERANET to another. Um, and so there are it's, a, it's an interesting program, probably for some collaboration between a, um, different actors from different countries on a specific projects, often more bottom-up projects. But there are some calls, and there are, the calls are released by the co-fund uh, organization itself. It's usually led by a country um, or another um, mm -hmm. in, in the co-fund uh, side. I didn't apply. I don't have a huge experience applying to the ERANET calls. I think it was more... It, depending on the funding rate, there are countries which are of more experience because there are countries were more favoring that, giving a higher co-funding rate um, than other countries. And you have a number of uh, co-fund uh, um, partnerships in cluster one, which is a health cluster. Mm -hmm. You have few two of them in the climate and energy mobility. And uh, you have quite a number in cluster six, food, bioeconomy, agriculture. So in health, you have uh, one on transformation of health system, chemicals risk assessment, rare diseases, antimicrobial resistance, or personalized medicine. These are co-fund uh, partnerships. 
In energy climate mobility, you have the clean energy transition one, the tri driving urban transitions. So they usually be, uh, it's the uh, former ERANET or sometimes a GP that were called that have become a, a coffin. In food, you have um, a coffin on rescuing biodiversity to safeguard life on Earth. You have on climate neutral, sustainable and productive blue economy, on water, on animal health and welfare, or on farming system transition, accelerating farming tr system transition, agriculture of data, safe and sustainable food system. And finally, you have a last uh, co-fund, uh, which is to support uh, innovation ecosystems called innovative uh, SMEs, which is totally new. Hmm. Is there a common place where you can pick up uh, the the calls on the, the co-fund? Mm, for the co-funds, no. Ov overview somewhere. No, for the co-fund, you don't have, it's, it's managed by the, the co-fund, each co-fund itself. Uh, they are being structured because at first they needed to have the first calls of H, uh, Horizon Europe being launched where the, uh, structured would apply for, uh, the call. And then they are setting up the, the structure now. So the, there is an overview of the status of all partnerships on uh, the Commission websites. If you look for European partnerships, uh, research innovation partnerships on, on, on the Europa website, you will find an overview of, of all these, these co-funds. I believe there will be more information in the future as they will become structured and links. So because they have really stressed the importance to, to be more transparent. Yeah. Um, maybe the calls, I'm not sure if the calls of the co-funds will be available on Horizon uh, Europe portal. It might be the case, but I, I don't have the, the exact information on that. I think so if we just zoom out again a little bit. So here, um, I think for the if you apply for funding from the co-fund, they have their own calls mm -hmm. and you need and here you need to. So each member state has allocates a specific amount of money for the specific call. And when that amount is out, then so, you cannot apply anymore. Yet you can apply, uh, go into a, a partnership with others, but you won't get any funding. <laughs> yes. So that's important to understand with these things that it's different from strategic calls on the horizon, horizon Europe, uh, where you uh, everybody's in the same boat, doesn't matter where you're from. But here you need to, they are very nice course you have a lot of nice things there but you need to make sure that and that from from the local from the from the individual uh old internet sites and now co-funds you can see which countries are members and you will have the contact details for where to check locally uh contact person national contact point in relation to that no it's yes. functions like this no yeah. yeah yeah exactly and it might be some countries are not part of some uh co-funds if this topic is not a priority for them for yeah instance. exactly let's move to the institutionalized partnerships yeah maybe it's a very important this is probably uh, anyone who has followed the negotiation on Horizon Europe probably have heard about partnerships. Uh, and in that case, the Commission was only talking about those most of the time because it's, a, it's, a, it's a whole process of renegotiation for each framework program. They have to go through a whole 
uh, agreements through parliament, member states, and uh, it's they are much more visible. Um, so there are partnerships in the field of research and innovation between the European Union, member states, and or industry. It depends on the, on the sectors. So they have uh, each of them. Uh, so they are uh, belonging to a, a specific. So falling into a specific uh, article of functioning of the European Union, so-called Article 187 or uh, Article 185, mm -hmm. and they have a dedicated structure to run them, and as we explained earlier. So they are impl implemented where other parts of Horizon Europe is uh, less um, strong, where Horizon Europe is not going to achieve the desired objective or expected impact. So they are fulfilling some some gaps where Horizon Europe would not be able to, that the Horizon Europe might uh, not be able to address. You have a, a, another type of institutionalized partnership apart from Article 185 and Article 187, which is the EIT, uh, Knowledge and Innovation Communities, that was created, I think, before H2020, but I'm, if I'm not wrong. So it's continuing uh, in Horizon Europe under uh, as an institutionalized uh, partnership. So in terms of partnerships, you have 10 under Article 185-187. You have the Global Health Partnership. It was called, uh, so it's the third uh, wave of, of, for this topic. It's, it's been called the, it's the European and Developing Countries Clinical Trials Partnership. So that's for the first one. It's in the health sector. Also in the health sector, you have the Innovative Health Initiative. If I'm not wrong, it's the former, um, uh, Innovative Medicine Initiative that has widened, uh, the scope. Mm -hmm. They have each of them have different targets and objective um, for their partnership. You have uh, in the digital sector a key digital technologies partnership to address uh, electronic components, their design, manufacturing, integration in systems, and the software that defines uh, the way they work. These electronic components. So it's linked to other initiatives that we heard about recently, like the Microchip Act or the Industrial Alliance on Processors and Semiconductor Technologies and the IPCEI, if you, but we're not going to talk about that today. Um, <laughs> so they basically, the, this partnership is focusing on digital transformation of uh, all economic uh, sectors, um, and microprocessors in particular, and basically to help boost Europe's technological uh, you... uh, sovereignty. What was the reasoning behind making these kind of, uh, because you would have, so the, the, if we look at the, at the, so you have the co-program where there would be, the industry would be involved. Mm -hmm. uh, together with research uh, and work together with the Commission for the Framework Programs. Then you have the co-founded, the Aeronets, uh, mm -hmm. where the member states pick up a stake of, of things that have particular interest for them. And then these, they kind of, they are much more independent. Yes. Yeah? They well, make their own work programs. 
they so they are not they are not in Horizon, they're not in the in the framework progress. So they they have their they they the commission refer to them uh, hydrogen for instance, mm-hmm. they, it's not included, so it's sort of it's it seems more independent structures. It is totally independent. I mean. Well, independent uh, structures. The they are vis- the calls are now well visible in Horizon uh, Europe uh, in the participant portal. Have they entered? Um, the- oh yeah, that's yes, true. Yes, yeah. they are. They are. They are integrating it. Fortunately, mm. but they are. Uh, so the why is the industry. Uh, is going to European industry is going to benefit from the results from those projects, and it is expected to participate in the definition of uh, the priorities and also on the funding. So uh, you have, for instance, the BBI, the former um, bio-based, now it's called um, Circular Bio-Based Europe. It used to be Mm -hmm. called uh, Bio-Based Industry uh, Partnership. And uh, you have um, had some rules where like the large uh, companies uh, would not be uh, uh, funded, but they had to participate to projects because they would be the ones able to develop the innovations dev- uh, carried out during the projects. So the SMEs, the research centers, university would receive some funding, but the large uh, uh, corporations would have to be in the projects, but would not be funded. It, the yeah. rules were changing over time, depending yeah. how much was already uh, committed by the industry over time. And so you see here is a way to, to uh, commit uh, the industry to and and um, show to the industry you you are uh, collaborating in this project. This project needs to deliver and uh, value in Europe. You're gonna develop uh, get advantage from the IP uh, that you possess uh, from uh, the work undertaken in in the projects. Mm-hmm. Um, we are not funding you as uh, large corporations, but you you are going to benefit from the fruits of uh, the results from the project. So put your share of the money as well in the in let's say sort of in, in evolving will... your your resources, but uh, collaborating yeah. with other actors. So seeing it sort of a uh, look, you need to do this investment. You already decided <clears throat> to to develop this technology. But what we're going to do here is you can you can go in and and scale that up. Here you can work together with partners you would probably work with anyways if you had to do this, and they get funding. So we 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 make the possibility better for you to develop this technology. So to say. and we fund what you want to be funded. Yeah. This is you defining where the money should go, indeed. So uh, you have now these 10 partnerships. I mentioned a few of them. Um, Mm -hmm. You have particularly some uh, institutions. Well, you have them in in health, in digital industry and space. Uh, You have the HPC uh, institutionalized partnership, uh, a partnership on metrology. You have the clean hydrogen one, as you mentioned, clean aviation Mm -hmm. one. Uh, Single European sky. This is a third wave of, of... Industrial partnership, uh, the Europe's rail in the, in the railway sector, and this one I mentioned, circular bio-based uh, Europe. And then you have the EIT. So EIT is another type of institutionalized partnership. 
they build some knowledge and innovation communities that gather industry, research, and universities that are very much focused on developing startups, uh, improving education, um, and these innovation, uh, knowledge innovation communities uh, you have in cli the climate one, digital, food, health, raw materials, manufacturing, uh, urban mobility, culture, and creative industries. And they have, <clears throat> those are are very strategic collaborations. It's 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 where the commission this is important, and then they say, bang, here you have the best. You also you apply for an EIT. I remember the process back when they mm -hmm. made them. It's a huge, very heavy partners uh, would work, go into these consortia that would apply to become an EIT or, or manage it. So it's very, from the commission side, to say, here, we need the best of the best uh, to develop within this this area, this societal, socioeconomic area, to where to move on with the collaboration between research and, um, and industry, you know? And education, very important. Yeah, and really, it's a very important pillar for um, all the the startup community. Um, you have a lot of the companies that the large corporation, for instance, that uh, come in a, in a in a knowledge innovation community. They are ready to fund uh, startups or spin-offs from universities. So this is the investor part often of these large corporation that come into uh, the EIT um, um, the, so to, to so to 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 invest in the future uh, champions uh, in new technologies or new solutions mm -hmm. you know what i was just thinking no nope. <laughs> do you do you have do you have get do you have uh contacts in any of these uh, i do myself but i like my i like to activate my guest network a little bit here do you have some good contacts in the eits or the the internets or the, that we could invite in of course yes um, uh particularly in energy this is my strong background i've been in, I... in solar energy and uh energy transition for Many, many what so for sure yeah my, what i'm thinking because I'm, I'm i crack it always in my head at the same time as i have a guest on board to say how can we make this concrete because now this is a, uh, the overview that we're talking about here probably some are still a little confused mm -hmm. uh it's just like this but what i'm gonna do point one i'm going to put the articles that you have i'm going to link that in on my uh, site so people can go and find it and read it uh, your 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 article on this. Second, it's always good to make it concrete to have guests in that can where we can you know, like okay this is how this one works and this is how it works when you apply for funding from it. This is how you concretely do maybe come with example of projects with a concrete partnership what they did and how they so to to sort of uh, and the 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 funding administrators from these these organizations they are the best ones to to uh, to to have on board for these kind of things. So well, if you have if you have course, if you have a person that say this is a good one I have then, few uh, I have few in mind. So Yeah? Yeah. With, with pleasure. So, 
Displeasure, and uh, yes, you you need to talk with each of them uh, to to really understand the the functioning. But just to come back, why maybe yeah. the partnerships? Why we talk about it? Actually, it took me several years. Uh, I used to be working for a consultant as well before joining mm -hmm. EIC seven years at uh, Zabala, mm -hmm. and it, it took me several years before to understand. Yeah. This framework because it yep. was you, you had two, over two hundred so we had some it's picture crazy. about this partnership but <laughs> uh, and we were also very interesting to know them because when a company wanted to, you know we had some clients coming and saying I want to be much more visible and be involved in much more European projects where should I go so the first thing you would look at is the partnerships and see how they would be positioned already or not there. If yeah. the solution is there, there would be a working group inside each partnership where they could become active and pro and meet with their peers, maybe develop projects with their peers. And they would have, we would advise them to become part of a, a partnership. Mm -hmm. And if they were, you know, like a large corporation to try to be influential in the board of a partnership. And that's the way, best way to position. And SMEs, they would not have the same means and time, but we would tell them, okay, let's look together who are the members of this partnership. And mm -hmm. we will contact these companies because they are going, they define the topics. They are likely to be in a project. So let's see who is in the board, who is in the membership of this partnership, who has who of them have already been involved in a project? So you would cross information from database of project with the membership of partnership and see who are the best players mm -hmm. and yeah. the most active players in, a, in the, so whom you have to team up to make sure you are in the right consortium. Yeah. And what I can say is it's absolutely correct. This is, if you have, I, I've been both doing this in a public setup facilitator and as uh, not so much as private. I've just been giving advice more because we were more grants mm -hmm. application I was I was dealing with. But but as a, as a public facilitator, this is def definitely an approach I also been taking myself to say, okay, fine. Where can I put them as easy as possible? Uh, where they can pay the lowest fee or whatever. You know, like what's the, what's the shortest way for them to have an influence on on what they would like to get involved in? And this is it. You have these places where you can enter without too much troubles if you pay a fee and then become a member and invited mm -hmm. to strategic workshops, all these things, surely. So the, the partnerships are an important place, and yeah. there, but there are sectors, there's, there's, there's no partnership, but you do have a technology platform, as I mentioned. Sometimes you even have a partnership and a technology platform. That's what I mm -hmm. saw happening in the battery sector. For instance, we were managing the the... Uh, plat the, with Inno Energy is a platform on, on battery and now you have a partnership on battery because it has become such a, a strategic uh, topic for the commission and so uh, in the energy sector you, you just to give an example you have 11 European technology and innovation platforms and actually they are um, little ecosystem by sector yeah. where you have the industry players the research the universities that are active in solar, in uh, renewable heating and cooling, they gather, they define roadmaps, agenda, and they try to push on these agreed agendas to the commission to have their uh, priorities reflected in the work programs. Uh, the, I'm talking about work programs that are outside partnership. 
Yeah. So, and that's also important to to find actors that are uh, dedicating resources to research and innovation and that want to set up some 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 projects. Yeah, some of these net, the technology platforms I've been I've been in in the wind mm -hmm. uh, platform myself back uh, some seven eight years ago, actively, mm -hmm. and it's a uh, it's a lot of work going on there. We yes. not so much. It's it, it's because they sit and make a whole. So they are closely they collaborate closely with the European Commission. Uh, on what so what's the budget available for the for the sector area uh, what areas do the commission suggest so they collaborate so they, there's a lot of exchange on where things should go and then the platform itself starts they have working groups they had i think they had five working groups sub working groups where they had meetings uh, throughout the years and so on to define and uh, in the end come with concrete cold text suggestions and maybe the commission they would maybe come with 15 uh or 20 suggestions and maybe two or three of them would actually enter the so that's a lot of work there's a lot of work there but it's important to it's be there network. if you want to have a it's say it's a networking uh place definitely more than i mean it depends uh in the energy sector i've seen two platforms i was involved in the creation of the photovoltaic platform back in 2004 mm -hmm. if i'm not I think it was advisory council called at the time. Yeah. And I was managing the ATP on smart networks for energy transition, used to be the ATP smart grids. Mm -hmm. ATP, the, the, so the new one moved to DGNL, which really used it as an instrument to build its work program, much more than DG Research uh, was using its uh, energy platforms um that it had created a long time ago it's it's an heritage is yeah it's heritage from several commissions they have supported the commission have supported for a long time these platforms or some of them with csas through csas so coordination and support actions i'm not sure it will continue i think there is a trend at, at least in the energy sector where they say for the last call you have to show how you will become independent financially so they now have to work on it i believe uh, many technology platforms in other sectors today have rely on membership and not on uh, coordination and support actions what i would like to say about uh, something to be to be flagged the the old joint undertakings uh, so the institutionalized, they are, some of them are very close to communities. Uh, so it's meaning uh, specifically, I know, for instance, hy hydrogen, but also rail. It's if you're not in there, the chance that you will just come from outside, apply for a call and get funding, it's not very large. That's 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 on that's the downside. What has happened to these communities is that they're so tightly knit that they sit and define the calls. They make the calls, and then they they make consortiums that are the most likely ones to get the funding. And that's um, the, the the rationalization exercise and the reform exercise that has happened to 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 make them evolve is it. It has very much pointed out this issue. Yeah. Uh, now they are, they are going to start. I would say, let's see how it goes. And mm -hmm. we'll talk in one or two years to see if it's still so close or, or less close. So uh, I hope they will become more open. 
because in in officially you you don't need to be a member to apply, but indeed, yeah, it's yeah. it's about uh, you know when you define the topic and you put the words. Uh, sometimes you have specific technologies that you want to push that uh, these words reflect, and uh, you are the best place when you draft it to. But sometimes you're not. But you, you're you're not winning. But in the institutionalized partnerships, that was partly it's been particularly the case. In the co-program was less 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 obvious um, the fact that you were. Uh, Problem with the favored. institutionalized was that they def they because they're independent, they define also the the what to say the call logistics. So what happens is that it's absolutely impossible to get draft work programs. Which you would know from the commission, you get the drafts and you can start to work with it. They keep them close. In and the membership of, if you are a member of the partnership, you get them, but outside it's uh, very difficult indeed. And then, and then they would, when they release them, they would be like month and a half or two months to the, <laughs> to the call deadline. So all of, all of the ones inside of it they know exactly how so they, they everything is more or less prepared they have the consortiums ready and then bang you know <laughs> it's uh yeah it's it's and you can understand them because they contribute themselves so it's sort of they they, they found the party and, and money so yes yeah, 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 yeah. let's see if this is going to evolve and, uh, we can talk about it in in a few months <laughs> I, uh, I I would love to to see if we could could get some guests in from these. I'm not gonna be I'm not gonna be critical with them when they come around. I would like to to hear their, their from their point of view, so to say. We'll see if we can get some on board. After, uh, uh, if they listen to your podcast, I don't know if they will want to come. <laughs> nah, but then they can, it's like it's like a media. Then they can have a chance to say this is the ration, this is the reasoning behind, or you know, it's like this. We'll see. <laughs> It's also a matter of context, so it's. Uh, I think I would be able to 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 get something, someone out. Uh, we'll see, we'll see. Marie, maybe we should slowly move towards uh, ending this, wrapping this episode up. I think we covered quite well, uh, sort of an introduction to the partnerships. Um, what I always do as a segment in the in my episodes here, both when I'm, I I do solo episodes and when I have guests, is I'm I'm addressing the toughest challenge. I think I myself have just addressed the one that I have in mind. That some of these have become independent units. That it's so difficult. I remember in PNO we were struggling hard to get. Can we get something? You know, what would you consider? the toughest challenge in relation to applying for funding? Is, is it the diversity and the difficulty in understanding? You said yourself that you struggled to understand the structure of it. Or I think it's improved. I'm, it could be some... I'm wondering if there will be some overlapping at some point uh, between different partnerships or um, non-partnership calls. It could be the challenge you mentioned that it's not that open uh, to non-members uh, of the partnerships. Mm -hmm. 
Yeah. On the co-fund, uh, to be seen if the issue that we faced in some era nets where you had calls at national level at different dates, different funding uh, rates, yeah. is continuing uh, yeah. or not. But generally, I think uh, you should never hesitate to get to try to network with the members because these are uh, this is an, as early as you can. Uh, this is uh, for sure the best position actors uh, in Europe in terms of research innovation in in that in a field. So mm -hmm. knowing who are the members, uh, interacting with them, becoming member if you can afford and to spend time and uh, pushing for your own uh, priorities and, and solutions is definitely what uh, I would recommend. We see some very successful companies. Uh, one, uh, we had a, a very important client from uh, industrial, industrial client from, from Spain uh, when I was at Zabala and you could see they were positioned in all the boards of the relevant partnerships um. and this is certainly uh, was a very a strategic move from from that organization to be uh, you know uh, defining and cooperating uh, with the right actors so they invested time in understanding the structure of where to go and then yeah that's uh... and you see it for the most successful research centers they are where they should be and i've understood that very well indeed and this so this let this be also an advice to you to you people out there listening that that has an interest in these things it 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 pays off definitely pays off to investigate a little screening and and mapping time so to say it's on much to easier go. today um mm -hmm. maybe a, a website which i've used a lot to understand the partnerships is the era learn which is a project that has been funded to it's more focusing on the co-fund ones, but they have always provided a lot of information on the partnerships. Can you uh, share that link with me? I will. Yes. Because then I will put it up on the. I will make a resource sub page. I haven't got it yet, but when this episode is out, it's there. <laughs> uh, so I will make a because the, I get a lot of advices from the guests I have, and 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 so I try to gather things so people can go and and I'm not, as I said also in earlier episodes, I'm not gonna be myself making a whole structure of information but i am going to link to where you can get more information and help so no thanks what i always ask my dear guests the first if the first time they're in is on a lighter side to end on a light note um what are you most proud of from your career it can be anything um in relating to eu and rd grants it's a well, I think I've been able to to develop a, a community of uh, and a network uh, that I I can I can work and connect to very regularly and uh, an understanding of the whole uh, um, funding um, uh, funding also uh, that the, the, the European uh, Union is is is. Is proposing and and um, this is something that um, before entering the consultant's world, I had you know I I would be in the forest lost and I would see mm -hmm. paths and some lights and some branches, but I would not understand how this this forest is shaped. And today it's really like being able to 
to circulate in that labyrinth very smoothly. And mm -hmm. sometimes you understand uh, some specificities, but and you feel much more confident that you can guide uh, anyone through this labyrinth. And uh, well, that would be one of my uh, uh, pride in this area. <laughs> I would say, Thank you. Um, and it's and it's a good one because you know what? This actually one of the motivations behind why I'm doing this is because it's a parallel. I always said this is a parallel world. People do not. It's so. It's it's a whole universe uh, parallel to 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 the real world, so to say, with its own lingo, with its own a system in layers that is unimaginable before you step into it, and that's it's so complex that that there is definitely I, I feel myself that it's it's weird that nobody picked up to make podcasts on this because it's obvious that there's a, the craving for information about so many things in this it's it's uh, it's it's endless because there's so many people sitting with this every single day try, trying to understand just like you and me because I had exactly the same like you it took me so many years to really comprehend and start to go. And there are still elements. This area that we just talked about today, I've never really dug into it. I've sort of got an understanding, but really understanding the complexity and so on. It's it, there's so, you know like you can you can do this all your life, EU grants funding area, it's and still evolve. you would you would have blanks or say why, oh that exists, you know. <laughs> Yeah. No, on that note, Marie, um, let's end this up. Thank you so much for coming in. Thank you for inviting uh, to the, us. But you're most, well, I'm so happy to have this, these people on board. It's, people are so kind when I reach out. It's, it's very nice. So thanks for this. And for you, dear listeners, thank you for listening to the end. And I am, uh, I'm, I'm now sort of, of, of uh, guiding you towards my website. It's uh, thegrand.eu. There you will find all the episodes, that uh, the past episode. And you will, and that's most important, you will find a, a virtual form to, in, to subscribe for the, for the podcast. This is the best way for me to, to build the community. It's the best way to build the podcast. So please do, do subscribe if you have an interest in this. Come on the email list. And I have, I have sort of a, a, a carrot for you to do that. So I, I developed a LinkedIn uh, discussion forum. But you can only get access to that forum when you subscribe to the podcast <laughs> so uh, so any kind of discussion or questions you will have that will uh, go on in the linkedin group so that goes on in the linkedin forum so to get to the linkedin forum subscribe to the podcast thanks again marie thanks to all you listeners and see you next time bye have been listening to the grant the EU funding podcast